Hello and welcome back to the sixth season of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves what? God deserves every praise from every creature every day. We're continuing our discussion on 1 John. Last week we discussed 1 John chapter 1. Now we're going into 1 John chapter 2. This is a longer chapter, and so we're actually going to break this chapter down into three different parts. We're looking at verses 1 through 11 today on the, the podcast. And so we'll go ahead and begin with verses 1 and 2. This is a, a section I've entitled, The Remedy for Sin. Verse number 1 says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Notice that John uses the terminology, my little children. Paul uses similar terminology, I would say, when he talks to Timothy and he calls him his own son in the faith. And so there's a deep familial relationship in the church. We truly are the family of God. And uh, notice that John, in his instruction to his spiritual family, if you will, his little children, if you will, he instructs us to not sin. The instruction is to not sin in the first place. But if and when we do sin, and of course that is inevitable, we are imperfect and we do sin from time to time. We do stumble, as we talked about last week. If and when we do, the question becomes, what then? Well, John gives us the answer. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteousness or the the righteous. Jesus Christ is our advocate. He is the best defense attorney, you might say, that there ever was. Do you know who might be the most talented prosecuting attorney then? If Jesus is our defense attorney, then the prosecutor, of course, would be the devil. The devil is our adversary. He is our opponent. He is our accuser. He's trying to get us to fall. He he wants us to be uh, he wants us to get a, a guilty verdict. Verdict, And so uh, Christ is that defense attorney that is uh, mediating on our behalf. He is our advocate, our mediator between us and God. He wants us uh, to succeed. He wants us to be with God for all of eternity. Verse number two, John writes, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also the whole world. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins, not just the sins uh, of ourselves, but also the whole world. And so there's enough blood to wash away anyone's sin, uh, anyone who comes to Jesus, anyone who accepts what Jesus did for him in obedience to his gospel and faithful Christian living. Propitiation is an old word. It's a a word that maybe we don't use as often as we should, but it's an important word. Propitiation means an appeasement. It's the idea that God's wrath is appeased. Appeased by what? Appeased by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Let's turn and read Romans chapter 3. Romans 3, we want to look at verses 23 through 26, talking about the appeasement, the propitiation that Christ's blood provides on our behalf. Romans 3, verse 23 and following, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, 
whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood, again, an appeasement by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that previously committed. Hopefully there are flashbacks going on in your mind back to uh, Exodus chapter 12 and the Passover there. And then verse 26 says, To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So in short, we as Christians, those who do have our faith in Christ, we can be saved through Christ. We can receive the propitiation that he offered for us. Of course, we have to accept Christ. That includes obeying his gospel, of course. And uh, we talked about that last season in our discussion of the plan of salvation. Uh, if you've never obeyed the gospel, uh, perhaps you don't know what that means. Go back and listen to those episodes because that's very, very important. And the, the Bible teaches that uh, Jesus will return one day in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who know not God and who do not obey his gospel. So they're very, very important. But we have access to the propitiation that is offered on our behalf through our advocate, Jesus Christ. and. There are other words that we could use to describe this wonderful blessing, not just propitiation, but also atonement and justification. Uh, the idea that we uh, can be justified, it's, it's just as if we hadn't sinned. Now, we, we did, but we can uh, go back to that blank sl slate, if you will, uh, through the blood of Christ. Redemption, he, he buys us back, he purchased us. Uh, with his blood, see Acts 20, verse 28, the, the church that was purchased with his blood. And then uh, reconciliation is another good term to describe this relationship that we have with Christ. And, and that is that uh, we were apart from God, but now we've been reconciled back to God through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the only way uh, for this to take place, John 14, verse 6. Well, now that we've looked at this, the idea in verses 1 and 2 that uh, Christ is the remedy of, for sin and the only remedy for sin. Now we want to look at verses 3 through 6, and that is, well, how do we know if we are of Christ? How do we know if we are in Christ? Uh, just a, a brief thing that you can look at. Ephesians 1 verse 3 talks about how all spiritual blessings are located in Christ. Connect that with Galatians 3 verses 26 and 27. For all of you are uh, sons of God through faith in, in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So just a, a few verses you could look at there, of course. But how can we know it looking at this context in 1 John chapter 2? Let's begin in verse number 3. It says, Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. Have you ever wondered if it's possible to truly know whether or not you are saved? The Bible teaches that we can know it. John 17, verse 17, teaches that we can be sanctified, which means to be set apart as holy, uh, set apart for God's holy purposes. We can be sanctified by the truth, and God's word is that truth. John 8, verse 32 says, you shall know the truth, so we can know it, and the truth shall make you free. 2 Peter 1, verse 10 says that Christians need to make sure uh, that we make our calling and election sure, so our salvation, we, we can make it sure. And uh, then, of course, John says here that we can know that we know him. So you can know that you can know that you can know that you can know 
Jesus Christ. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thought. We don't have to be left in the dark. We don't have to be left wondering. Uh, we can have assurance that we are children of the Lord. We can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are uh, among the saved. Verse number four, John writes, he who says, I know him. Okay, so this is somebody who says that he knows him. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. What did we say in verse number three? We can know that we know him if we keep his commandments. If we're walking in his commandments, if we're living a lifestyle that is uh, in accordance with God's will, does that mean perfection? No, it doesn't mean perfection, but it means that we're walking in the right direction. And, uh, of course, as we talked about last week, when we do slip up from time to time, then one who's walking in the light, what's he going to do? He's going to realize that. He's going to repent. He's going to get back on the horse, so to speak, uh, confess that sin to God and pray again that God would forgive him. Again, the second law of pardon. So verse number four, then, is telling us that we need to watch out for hypocrites. We need to watch out for those who are playing a part. They're acting as if they are a Christian, but they're actually not. If somebody claims to be a Christian, but they walk in darkness, then what is this one doing? Well, he's he's not keeping Christ's commandments. He's not living a faithful Christian lifestyle. Is this person truly a faithful Christian? No, he's not. In all actuality, John says that this person is a liar and the truth is not in him. Now, verse number five says, but whoever keeps his word, Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. Notice whoever keeps his word. So the idea of keeping his, his commandments, keeping his word, the same idea. And uh, we've got to make sure that we're doing that or else we're not the children of God. Verse number six, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So if we say that we abide in Christ, then we better be walking as Christ walked. Christ walked in the light. And uh, if Christ is the light and he walked in the light, and uh, certainly he did, then we have to walk in his light as well. Again, 1 John 1 verse 7. Finally, we want to look at for this week, verses 7 through 11, a new commandment but not a new commandment. And so what do we mean by that? Well, in a sense, John says that this is not a new commandment because it's an old commandment that uh, mankind has known from the beginning. But there's another sense in which it is a new commandment, and we'll talk about that here in a moment. Uh, the idea that uh, it's new in the sense of it's fresh and it needs to be reminded and, and applied uh, to all individuals who will ever live throughout uh, human history. So verse number seven, John writes, brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. So he says it's not new in verse number seven. It's a commandment uh, that you have heard from the beginning. It is the word that we have heard from the beginning. I'm reminded again what we talked about when we looked at the first uh, couple of verses in chapter 1 and reminded of John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
the same was in the beginning with God. Without him was not anything made that was made, etc. And so the word of the Lord, it does not change, right? Uh, it's unchanging. It is immutable. Uh, the commandments of the Lord are, are pure and, and they're always right. And uh, we don't have to worry about them shifting or what have you. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 172 says, My tongue shall speak of your word for all your commandments are righteousness. They're always good. And so we can depend on uh, God's word. And that is certainly an important uh, concept when you look around today and you see those who uh, it seems uh, every every time you turn around, their ideas are changing and uh, thought processes are becoming more and more sinful and, and perverted away from the truth. And so this is an important concept. So one of these unchanging truths of God's word is that we are to love one another. And it has always been. That said, verse number eight talks about how it is new in another sense. Uh, John writes, again, a new commandment I write to you. So he said it wasn't a new commandment, but it is a new commandment. Well, again, it's new in the sense that it's fresh. It's uh, something that is always needing to be reminded. So a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. John basically says, look, this is true in Christ, and it should be true in you as well. This love that you should have for one another, and of course, love that you have for God as well. The darkness of this world, it is passing away, and it continues to pass away as we draw closer and closer to the second coming of Christ. And so we can take comfort in that. And the true light is already shining, and Jesus brought light into the world. And he is the light of the world, and, and we are to be lights of the world as we shine our light uh, to those around us. But uh, this commandment of love, again, is new in the sense that, hey, we need these reminders. Jesus said in John 13, verses 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you. So the same kind of love that Christ had for us, which is just an immeasurable love, we should have that kind of love for our brethren. Jesus goes on in John 13, 34 and 35. He says that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is an ab absolutely crucial um, distinction that sets us apart from the world around us, the love that we have for one another, it should be absolutely evident. Verse number nine, you can't get any clearer than this. John writes, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. If we say that we're in the light, but we have hatred in our heart for one another, for, for other Christians, then we are in darkness. Are we saved? Absolutely not. Verse number 10, he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. So what we have then is two alternatives. We can either hate our brother and abide in darkness or we can love one another and we can reside in the light. Finally, verse number 11. Verse number 11, John writes, but he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness 
and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. If we hate our brethren, and we know, you know, only only we and, and God know if we have any hatred in our hearts. Maybe it's somebody that we don't exactly get along with. Maybe there's personality conflict between us and, and a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ. Uh, maybe there's been some gossip going back and forth, et cetera, different sinful things uh, between us and, and another uh, member of the church. And, and maybe we've allowed hatred to take root in our heart for this particular person or multiple people. If we have this hatred in our hearts, then we're in darkness. We walk in darkness. That's a continuous process. And if we're walking in darkness, what are we not doing? We're not walking in the light. Again, 1 John 1, verse 7. We don't know where we're going. We're blind. The question is, who blinded us? Well, we allowed ourselves to become blind, but who's the, the evil one who did the blinding? and influenced us to allow hatred into our hearts. Well, it's the God of this world, the God of this age, the accuser, the adversary, the devil. We need to make sure that we're not allowing the devil uh, an inch in our souls. We give him an inch, he'll take a mile. We don't need to give occasion to the devil. Well, as we're going to keep going in 1 John chapter 2, John is going to have some encouragement. Uh, a pep talk, if you will, for us to keep our salvation at the forefront of our minds. And that's going to help us. It's going to help us avoid temptations to go back into the, into the sin that originally condemned us. It's going to help us avoid those temptations, and it's going to help us do our best to keep walking in the light. Tune in next week, and we will continue our discussion of 1 John chapter 2. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.